0: people who can do more than one thing they kind of give themselves an excuse to like half-ass some of it and and you can't do that you know even if you're going to be doing three or four things you got to be just as good as the person who is doing that and only that
1: Listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm your co-host, Trevor Algott.
2: And I'm AJ Meyer, and coming up in episode 202, Trev sits down with for part two. 202. That see, that was hard. Episode 202, Trev sits down for part two of his chat with, with a... award-winning actress and filmmaker Brandi Ford to talk supporting and supportive significant others building her perfect thrival job with sugar swag bake shop and why in a life of a multifaceted creative the secret is in recognizing that there's a season for everything i love that so much it's all coming up in episode 202 so stick around
1: Support for this episode of Inside Acting comes from vo2gogo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit vo2gogo.com slash start for a free Getting Started in VoiceOver online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's vo2gogo.com the slash start.
2: Yeah, the Trevenator. Whoa, whoa! I'm gonna call you you that from now on.
1: How are you, dude?
2: I'm, 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 I'm well. I am. Things are are busy. We are beginning the packing process. Uh, we booked flights oh last night. We booked a mover last night. So uh, this is, or this, or this is, morning.
1: You guys are re relocating.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty. It's 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 pretty daunting.
1: But, well, uh, so th- I just want to get clarity on this because I think the last episode, or maybe it was the one bef- one of the ones before. Um, you you were sort of up in the air about whether this was going to be a permanent thing, and if if Jasmine was going to follow you right away and things. So so, what's the status of this now?
2: Oh, got it. Yeah, no, we're we're coming we're coming uh, of a piece, going together. Um, part of you know what my news this week uh, determined that because I did not uh, book the NBC Diversity Showcase, and we can talk more about that later. But um, that was going to sort of straddle the, the, um, the cusp of uh, August to September, and so it was going to change sort of what the, what the plans were. But now it's a very clean cut, like we're just leaving
1: at the end of August.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so are, we're coming... are, you, are you leaving uh, sort of sort of permanently, or is there like a plan to return? Are you just playing it by ear? Or like, how's this working?
2: So it's very open. We are, we are playing it by ear. Okay. Um, it's very. we're very open to possibility. However, we do want to get ourselves set up um, in terms of – the word that Jasmine's been using lately is stability. Like we just want to get to a place where we know um, that we have – Our own place, for instance, as opposed to a subletted place where we're living on top of someone else's things. Like, we want our own place. We want uh, stable income. We want stable living situation. We want, like, a stable, yeah, stable geographically for sure, but at the same time, we're open to the possibility of booking work on both coasts. So, the thing is, is if one of us were to book something out here, of course, we would just... You know, figure it out. We would come back, stay temporarily, what have you. And now that we've done both coasts and we understand how they both work, like it's very clear, like, I'm very clear on how to, you know, n- make it work, whether it would be staying with friends or finding an Airbnb or finding a temporary housing situation um, here in the city. Actors do it all the time. I think mm-hmm. I talked about when we first moved here, but there's an entire Facebook group dedicated to, you know, it's called Gypsy Housing. <laughs> And it's basically cool. actors, you know, living on both coasts, mostly New York based actors. But, you know, they book tours, they book cruise ships and, and they leave. And so they, you know, they, they need to figure out a way to sublet the place that they're in. Hmm. So, hmm. you know, the other thing that I I just had my audition for, for Greece uh, yesterday. And if that if I were to book that, that that works in the beginning of that starts like january 1st or something and that's here in new york okay so,
1: so you could be right back there yeah
2: we'll see but i'm but i'm also hoping to parlay like the important thing about the gig at ucla is not necessarily the pay the pay is not what's important about about doing that the the important thing is being an adjunct professor at a university that is as prestigious as ucla so that over time, I can continue to build this brand and branch out to other universities you know do the same thing uh, well I am doing the same thing at USC do the same thing maybe at NYU Juilliard etc Columbia University which is near where we live here in, in New York and uh, every time I tell people what I'm up to at UCLA if they no theater. If they are a theater, if they were a theater major in college, if they are currently a theater major in college, any anyone who I talk to has that type of experience. They all say the same thing, which is we don't have a class like that, mm-hmm. and I wish we did, or mm-hmm. we didn't have a class like that, and I wish we had.
1: What I think is really cool about this is, is you, you spoke in our quarterly review, our Q2 review episode. You talked about how sort of living impossibility is a double-edged sword, and how it sort of. Uh, you know, I'm putting words in your mouth here, but it kind of got the best of you in the last quarter. It was the sort of what I heard you say. And now it, it sounds like you're coming from a really, I mean, especially with something like a, like a move, like a, you know, a move to the other side of the country, you're really living in possibility in a really empowered way. I just, just hearing you speak about this, I'm just like, yeah, like that's awesome. Like it's, it's like, I'm making a committed choice, But like, hey, you know, fuck it. I'll come back if I need to. Like, not a big deal. Yeah. And it's really cool. Somebody somebody like me would be like, no, that is a big deal. Moving from New York to L.A. and back again is a big deal. But you're like, I got it. (laughs) No big deal
2: um yeah well that that lesson that was a lesson learned coming coming the other way you know where it's like oh should i go should i go to new york should i move should i Oh, uh, should i should i should i should i should i stop shooting on yourself once you know the decision was made it was like oh yeah right it's no there's no right or wrong there's just that path yeah that's that's the feedback that i got from from jasmine at the time that was great and if you know if you want to dive deeper into this whole thing like going and listening to um uh, your interview first, and then my interview on um, Randy Raphael's podcast, the No Regrets podcast. I, I talk a lot about this very specifically on in, in that interview about the move and the uh, being open to possibility and, and all of that. The thing that bit me that, that I talked about in, one, in episode 199 was in our Q2 review was the not goal setting like i'm in i'm in this very open empowered place of like yeah you know it's it's anything's possible i'm not worried about it all that stuff but what i didn't do was like set goals for myself and then do whatever it took to like make those happen
1: so would you yeah. say that was like a lack of focus or direction
2: yeah okay yeah i mean that's probably the simplest way to put it yeah absolutely
1: okay yeah cuz like being open yeah. to possibility where it's like oh you know like i'll see what the world throws my way and uh it'll be cool. Like I I can handle it as opposed to like, no, this is what I want and I'm going for this.
2: Right. And there are people out there who, who, who live that way. They're like 100% in that. Like, you know, if it's meant to be like the universe will provide and all that stuff. I'm like, that's all great. But you also get to have committed action.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a dance, you know, it's, it's a dance between the two of them between, you know, being flexible and being open and also, you know, saying no to things that are not aligned with your vision. It's like, that's a constant judgment call and a constant reassessment of where you're at and and what kind of tickles your fancy.
2: What are what do you feel like you are saying no to in your life right now? Or like, what do you feel like you are open to and saying no to right now when you, in other words, we're talking about the dance that I'm in, right? So I'm, uh, so what's going on on your dance floor?
1: (laughs) Ooh, what's going on in my dance floor? Hey. I, that, wow, I feel a little put on the spot. I don't know how to respond to that. What am I saying no to in my life right now That such that I, I stay focused? Oh, uh, actually, you know, a couple things. A couple, like, thrival job opportunities have come up that are very enticing um, but just don't resonate with me. Uh, I'll give a specific example. The guy the guy who was my small group leader uh, in BASIC and my coach in the MITT BASIC, I called him after I staffed just to thank him. And I, I just wanted to let him know that, you know, a lot of what he had shared with me and coached me on in my BASIC, I found myself drawing on to, you know, sort of coach my small group in. So I, I just told him, you know, you were in the room with me and it was, it was really special to reconnect with that and, and thank you. And he uh, basically offered me a, a job with his company, uh, which is like a financial services company. And it would be like an independent contractor type position. And there's there's good money and sort of lever- um, selling these financial products and services to businesses and individuals. And, and they're really like, they kind of sell themselves. Like they're really, it's a really obvious yes. And I, I thought about it and I was like that's just like another thing that I could just kind of go off on. And then all of a sudden I'm distracted from like, like how many hours of the day is that going to take away from the other things I've already declared? And so I thought about it and I was like, you know, good money or not, it just doesn't feel like the right fit to me. So I said no to that. So that's, that's one example of maybe three or four in the past couple of months that have popped up that I've, that I've said no to.
2: You said it was independent contractor work, and then you said uh, how many? You asked the question like how many hours could go into it and get distracted? What is the answer to that? What is the answer to how many
1: hours? Well, there's a an accreditation process uh, that's like at least fifty hours right off the bat. A couple hundred bucks in fifty hours or so to get certified in various California things to sell financial services. And then after that, it's kind of up to me. He said I could work as little as five hours a week or, you know, as much as like 25 or 30 hours a week. It all depends on how much, you know, I, I, I want to do the, this, what sort of cinched the deal for me was just understanding how, how Trevor works and Trevor is just not good with multiple sources of input. Like <laughs> I just need, like, I need to like if I, if I spread my energy, like, here's the thing I've, I've gotten some coaching from people. Uh, in the past on you know the various things that I want to be doing and the coaching has it's some sometimes ended up sounding something like this Trev you can do it all look from like 9 to 12 you focus on a from 12 to 2 you focus on b then you take a break and then from 4 to 7 you focus on c and then you know like the the evening's yours to like do whatever and I'm like See that that sounds great in theory. Like, yes, I could fit all these activities into one day, but just the constant changing of hats and energy shifts and like realignments in my personality that need to happen for me to to move from such disparate activities uh, is is like exhausting to me. Like I, I'm the kind of guy who just needs like one or two hmm. sort of sort like mostly aligned things like if they're both in the creative world, I can do them both mutually. But if I've got one in the creative world and one selling financial services, that's like living a dual life to me. And, and that's just tiring. It's not a good, it's not an efficient use of my energy. I don't think, I think that there's a lot of lost energy in the transition uh, with something like that for me. Uh, Maybe, maybe people listening feel the same. Do you, do you have that experience?
2: Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I I feel like, hmm, my, the reason that I wanted to ask is because, um, you know, we've talked about, and I think we talked about this a bit in, in 199. We talked about like your financial goals, for instance, just as an example. And I'm, I'm realizing something interesting in this conversation with you, which is that you, you may have like these goals, but you do have sort of, stipulations or limitations on how you are willing to go about achieving them. And mm-hmm. that's okay. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just, I'm just, it's interesting to me because we've never, I don't think we've ever talked about mm-hmm. that aspect of it specifically. What comes up for me is like the dance, uh, as you put it, or I was going to say balance between knowing what it is that you're committed to and the things that you're willing to do to get there. Yeah, yeah, you know, because totally. I mean, look, there's no judgment on this whatsoever when I say this, but it's just not for me, and I, I, doubt it's for you. But you could, you know, go and do like porn films or something, and feel like, okay, well, at least I'm getting on camera, on camera experience. I'm, 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 I'm acting. I'm, I'm on a set, right? But I'm in porn, and I'm making really, really good money. So it is my my creative pursuits with making money and i'm i'm I'm, achie- I'm able to achieve my financial goals and it's going to set me up so that i don't have to do this you know for a long period of time that that could be a life some someone out there has done that but yeah, for yeah. for me for you and for maybe some of the people listening to this that that's not a path that they would choose they they would have their specific reasons why and so i just i find it interesting when those sorts of things come up and it, and it, and it makes me want to ask, and I'm sure we don't have time for this today, but it makes me want to ask like, okay, what, what has you making that decision? And well, and you, you did kind of answer that already. It's like, for you, it, it feels exa- like exhausting and that's, that's an awful way to live. I, I wouldn't wish that on anyone that you feel that you're the, the thing that is bringing you, financial security and allowing you to focus on your creative pursuits is actually exhausting you to the point that you don't want to focus on either <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something, yeah. you know, or that, or that the bouncing around is <clears throat> between the different areas of your brain is what is actually exhausting you.
1: Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the, the, the thing that kind of comes to mind is, um, like, yeah, like you could totally pick one goal and make it happen. Uh, and just to kind of like, you know, say like, okay, for six months, I'm going to buckle down and just handle it. You know, like, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to make it happen. Like, I think that's really admirable and people who do that are amazing. But at the same time, some of the coaching I've received is that your life is now like my life is happening today right now. So it's about finding the dance as well between, uh, you know, sort of what you're willing to sacrifice and, you know, wanting to actually enjoy the present you know what I mean? So it's kinda yeah. you gotta you gotta figure out what that sweet spot is for you. And it's different for everybody. And some people have a higher threshold for sort of like unpleasantness. Uh and other people have a lower threshold and like, like you said, there's no judgment either way, but it is something to take into consideration.
2: Wow. Interesting. All right. Well that certainly went deeper than I was expecting. But
1: <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Um uh,
2: it was a lot of fun awesome well
1: we've got a voicemail or email i guess we could choose today but before we go into that a quick word from one of our sponsors sponsors,
2: or or a quick word from me representing one of our sponsors (laughs) rehearsal 2 is actually the sponsor the app for actors you want to learn your lines most actors do be up book for auditions that's helpful explore your character make stronger choices that will book you the job guess what there's an app for that. Rehearsal Two, download it now at rehearsaltheapp.com/download. That's rehearsaltheapp.com/download.
1: Okay, so we've got a voicemail that came in. Oh man, like a month or two even ago. Uh, this comes from Farah. Farah, I think that's how you say the name, right? It's like Sarah but with an F. Yeah. Am I screwing that up? Sorry, no. Farah. Anyway, Farah Farah calls in, and um, she has two questions, really. So here is the uh, sort of slightly abridged version of her voicemail.
3: So I have I have two questions mainly. Um, I'm at this point right now where I've taken the majority of the classes that my community college offers, um, and I'm not quite ready to transfer to a four year university. Um, however, I would like to continue honing my craft, and I feel like I've kind of tapped out on the on the experience and the and the educational substance I can gain from the current program that I'm in. And so I was wondering, um, what do you think kind of like resources or classes or or something that I could be doing right now besides like being in shows and stuff that I could be looking for in order to be uh, honing my craft in this in-between period of my career where, I, where I'm not necessarily in an educational setting um, but would like to continue learning and honing my craft? Um, and then my other question is, I'm, I'm, I'm gearing up to transfer at this point um, to a four-year university. I'm having a really hard time kind of cutting through all of the bullshit, sorry, uh, pardon my French, for um, for acting programs and for colleges and, and just really trying to find a program that fits my needs. And they all just say that they're great and that they have these different arrays of classes, but there's really no way for me to to find out what programs are best going to be suiting my needs. Um, And so I was wondering if you guys had any tips or anything that you could share about the programs that you were specifically in that might be uh, helpful and could illuminate the subject for me.
1: So Farah thank you first of all for for calling in and for sharing your voice in the podcast we always love to hear from our listeners and actually have uh, <laughs> other voices uh, especially in this part of the the episode um but yeah basically two questions and the first one is like you I think you summed it up well AJ uh before we started um recording this segment you said first off she's kind of asking where can I go to can further my training outside of a university setting and then secondly Wait, like how what what are some good ways to sort of choose you know four year universities to study mm-hmm. at it 's tough because there 's a lot of other sort of pieces to the puzzle that i i 'd like to know about Farah, um in especially in terms of like where like what your focus is what kind of work you 'd like to be doing what's your sort of main experiences so far i mean are you, are you are you somebody that feels like they could really benefit from cold reading classes? Or is this like an improv training thing? Or do you want to be doing independent film or TV or commercials? There's a lot of different sort of places to go. But I, just to kind of simplify things, I'll just go on record and say that I think that improv training is some of the best training you can do as an actor. That's sort of a catch-all thing. Uh, and that's something that's not typically offered, especially as like a, like a takeaway class or module In a lot of universities and so I would right off the bat my gut says uh, look into some good improv classes in schools and things like that and and um, get some of that on your resume. Any thoughts AJ on that piece of the puzzle.
2: Uh, I love that you're talking about the piece puzzle meaning her first question. Yeah. The, the, the main experiences I have with the Bay Area are one, doing Of Mice and Men at the Theatre Work Silicon Valley, and two, the fact that Jasmine did a lot of her training there in the Bay Area. And based on those two experiences, talking to other actors in that show and talking to Jasmine about her experiences, I do know that it can be really easy to tap out, as Farrah says um, uh, at one point in her voicemail, it can be really easy to sort of tap out on the availability of experiences there I guess you could say like in other words you can sort of reach the end of the of the internet <laughs> sorry i just thought about that really funny commercial <laughs> right that that guy where that guy like
1: i know exactly what commercial you're talking yeah, about yeah he like browses the web yeah. for so
2: long that he, and he gets the to end the end. end yeah he's like uh, okay i guess <laughs> yeah. you just can't do no more things um, so yeah, it, yeah. It, it is possible to sort of like tap out on the um on the availability, not the availability of classes, but the classes that you take. So to the point where you don't, you feel like you plateaued, and there's there's no new to, for you to go. I, I totally understand that. And then at a, at another point, she said something about like besides being in shows, and the fact of the matter is like why 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 is that a a, a stipulation? Like I understand wanting to do training, mm. but if you do a show. Not only are you being, not only are you getting great training. Just because by by virtue of the fact that you're working but sometimes they're paying you rather than you paying for the yeah. class <laughs> so you know yeah. I mean that's that's a that's a great win-win um, there so I'm just curious yeah I, I have the same questions that you do Trev uh, which is like what are what's your focus Farah um, is it is it theater is it musical theater is it film is it television is it whatever and then the second question is uh, what, do you feel like you've tapped out? there in general and if so what is why why the why the stipulation of like not necessarily doing shows
1: i i really do think that being in a show is is the best training you can get to be honest because you're working and you're you're kind of put up there you know without the safety net of uh, a teacher or being able to call line and like you've got an odd like it's just that's that's doing the work you know that's I would definitely agree with you that like that that is something not to make an effort to cut out in any way, shape, or form. That yeah. should definitely be yeah. a, a working piece of the puzzle. But yeah, and then as far as the second question goes, I feel like we kind of recently responded to this. A listener wrote in and said something on the lines of, "And I'm I'm blanking on his name right now, and I apologize. Or maybe it was actually a she, but they asked uh, if you know New York or L.A. was sort of where they should be." Uh, they said, you know, like, I'm in L.A. and I don't really like it. I really like the East Coast, but, you know, I feel like I should be here. And we were like, go where your heart tells you to go. Like, And and I feel like a bit of that applies here as well with the second part of her question about sort of how to cut through some of the, the BS that she was saying when it comes to schools and, and, and pick a, a school that feels like a good fit to her. I would say, first of all, like, wh- where... Where looks like a good place to go to school. Hmm. Yes, you've got, you know, California schools, Southern California schools, which are sort of near to the industry, but the industry is really spreading out these days and there's a lot of activity happening in a lot of other places. I mean, you could make the same argument for Southern California that you could for Vancouver right now Hmm. if you wanted to go up to British Columbia. and and study there. So I feel like that's less of an issue these days. And it's more about like what program speaks to you and and what campus speaks to you and what sort of lifestyle speaks to you. This is going to be a significant life and money and career investment. And, you know, you should enjoy it. I I feel like I'm sounding kind of like an old fogey these days, but I'm like, you know, like (laughs) screw what other people think, screw like where you think, quote unquote, think the work is going to be like, have some fun, enjoy the, enjoy the process, enjoy the journey.
2: You're fine, Trev. Like it's 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 in line with what we tend to express on the podcast about like you know doing what makes you happy. So it may sound you know what it is, Trev. It's I think it's it's that it sounds vague to us, but to someone who's like truly listening to their heart themselves, they'll it will be very specific. Because be like you know what I actually know I want to be in Iowa.
1: In my experience, is that there is so much. Like, you know how they say that our our subconscious is like 90% plus of of our sort of waking activity? You know, like like there's just a vast, vast, vast amount of information and knowledge gleaned from everywhere that is running our lives. And only like the top little tiny piece of us is actually the conscious person that is talking and making choices in the moment. And I feel like when you have these gut feelings to go somewhere or you you feel pulled towards something or called towards something like that is definitely something to be paying attention to. The older I get, the more I realize how important that is, because that is based on so much information that you don't consciously have access to, but that has been shaping you for a long time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that that voice, Farah, maybe if you're feeling something like give that as much attention and respect and honor as possible, because it's it's. It's dead on. It's it's right.
2: Yeah. Just to throw out a couple of like bullet point pragmatic um, things to, to consider the difference between a conservatory program and a liberal liberal arts program. Like, do you want to go to a university where you get a sort of more rounded education or do you want to focus 100% and entirely on your craft? Because that would, you know, doing a conservatory program would mean that that's all you're doing all day every day is is just focused on 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 acting or, or whatever aspects of acting you're interested in um, whereas a liberal arts degree would be you know you taking g- general education classes etc so really paying attention to to that um, seeing if a place specializes in something that you are interested in would be the you know the second thing like Trevor was mentioned mentioning earlier And then the third thing is if at all possible if you can get your hands on some students, Who have gone through the program, or currently going through the program, or graduated from that program, to basically interview them to find out some information from someone who's actually lived it. That's like going to be your best your best resource. I've had so many people Mm, reach out to me saying, like, you know, I'm considering going to UCLA. What was your experience like?
1: Super valuable. Yeah cool well fair i hope that helps those are great points by the way dude i'm glad you brought those up applies to a lot of things other than just this
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: so uh we're gonna roll into the interview because it is getting so noisy in my apartment there are people making coffee and there's construction downstairs and the cat is meowing incessantly outside the door and i just want to get into the interview i want to talk to brandy I want to talk to Brandy again. Uh, so quick note before we jump into this. Uh, we pick up sort of in the middle of the conversation that we ended on last week, which is all about sort of h- how to handle this creative urge, this creative drive in the context of a committed relationship and making sure that each person has, you know, feels validated and feels uh, acknowledged and feels respected and feels like their needs are being met. So that's kind of where we pick up in this in this interview and then we move on to how she created the perfect thrival job for herself and, and on from there so it's really good stuff as always hope you guys love it as much as uh, i love talking to her and we'll catch you on the other side Was kind of when it comes to like you, you and your spouse butting heads over like the choice to go forward with something so uncertain and so sort of yes. like me centric, yes. not, not, not in a, a spirit of, of egotism, but in like a no, just by necessity. just the na- yeah. Um, but it sounds like you just said like focus on what the other person needs. Yes. As long as it doesn't compromise your commitment to your inner sort of direction, yes. focus on what they need and then just make sure that they're getting that.
0: Absolutely. If they're supporting you, or if you want them to support you more, I would ask yourself, or ask myself, what can I do to support you in turn? Um, because that was his thing. Like, you know, when I'd be like, oh, you're not being supportive. Da, 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 da. And then he'd be like, how are you supporting me? I moved to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> I'm away from my parents and yeah. his parents are older than mine. So, you know, that is a, a concern for him, you know, um, he's and, and I had to, of course, I rejected that in the moment, but um, then I had to think about that and be like, oh, dang, you're right. Yeah. You are right. And I do need to think about, you know, what I can do you know, to be a better wife, to be more, um, to think about your needs as well, because you are here helping me to meet my needs. I want to meet yours as well. And, you know, honestly, marriage, you know, isn't just about love and romanticism and all that, that wonderful stuff. Um, But it's also about how can the two of us come together to form a partnership to be better than we are on our own and to really make this crap happen? Like, what can we do? and, And it's great because we, we do compliment each other. He is, he is, um, the type of person who really thinks about things and plans it and analyzes it and looks at it from all angles so that he's not blindsided. And I'm the person that's like, you want to do what? Let's do it. Come on, let's write a checklist. Let's get it done. And so there are pros and cons to both. Um, and that's how we sort of, uh, help
1: each other. That's awesome. And the other thing I wanted to kind of mention before we move on to the next sort of step of the journey was that I really admire that you, both you and your husband were willing to kind of take the step out of a, a secure situation into, like you said, that one room at your grandmother's place down in Long Beach. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I admire it not only because it's like stepping into, into, into um, a, a question mark, basically, but also because I think one of the most valuable things a, a mother or a father or parents can give their children is the gift of showing them what it looks like to follow their heart not yes. only not only from like an integrity standpoint but like a, here's what it takes like this yes. is not going to be an an easy road all the time like there's right. going to be bumps there's going to be scary times there's going to be times frankly when kids you're getting hot dogs and beans for the fifth day in a row
0: yeah but you know what <laughs> yeah. they
1: grow up and they go you know what my mom and dad they were there for me they loved me yes. and they still went for their dreams they didn't work some crap job and sell their souls just so exactly. I could have a nice like that i think that is so much more valuable like i could have a comfortable Upbringing, or I could have a rocky upbringing, but watch, have a role model that that is going for it.
0: That that is so true. Talk and that, about that, a, that's, leaving that's a legacy. It. You know, I definitely don't want my kids to ever. Uh, be scared to go for what they really want to do and how can I try to impart that when I haven't done that myself and I just I've met so many people sadly who are like yeah I used to want to do whatever the case may be but then I had the kids and then it was just like well their dreams are my dreams no your dreams are your dreams like what I mean I, I get that because definitely whatever my kids decide they want to do I want to do whatever I can to help facilitate that um, but that doesn't mean that I don't still have dreams of my own and as long as it's not putting them you know in danger at risk or, or that sort of thing or n- neglectful, then I'm gonna pursue it and so that's that's what we've we've chosen to do I mean I will say now that we have, which I guess we'll get to later, another child. <laughs> now now we there are other concerns and there are other things that I want that is more family-based that wasn't as important a few years ago that now is starting to, like, for example, a house was not something that I felt like I needed. And now I'm like... My kids are getting bigger. I want them to have a house. I remember what it was like when my mom finally got us a house. When I think we were, I was in tenth grade, and it was. It really felt like we've made it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) We've got a house, and it's ours. It's
1: important, I think, for kids to grow up in house, and and
0: especially boys. I have three boys, and they're very active. Mm -hmm. And I just want them to have, like, we go to parks and all that stuff, but it it would just be nice for them to have space to like roam and do their boy thing. Um,
1: <laughs> Cause it is something else.
0: So, um, you know, and, and just like the thought of buying a house in California and LA in particular is frightening. That's 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 something that like now, if I do, if I were to move, it's not because it's not for the kids. It's because I want that for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not because they. It's not just because it's, I'm doing it just for them. It's just you know, as you're getting older and your family gets larger, sometimes your wants and your desires change, and so we're we're kind of kind of playing that by ear and and seeing where it takes us.
1: This is a great sort of segue too to what I wanted to kind of talk about next. Actually, I didn't want to talk about this next, but now that we're there, we can chat about it. Okay, uh, which is your thrival job? because uh, i mean yes. you you 've now had quite a a variety of sort of <laughs> vocations as it were outside of acting right um, but you 've now got this this baking company essentially sugar swag bake shop yeah now i know this is probably not your main source of income but it's got to be contributing significantly to the family and it's yeah. something that you enjoy so let's talk a little bit about sure. where it came from with an assess like what it's like to run that with three kids and an acting career and all this stuff
0: yeah i've always loved to bake i've always had a horrible sweet tooth um and i started making like cake pops just for my friends it was like a hobby and it and honestly honestly, when I started doing it, it really was a thing to do to take my mind off of acting. Because I think at that point, which was back in 2012, I was feeling like, like almost like my whole freaking existence besides my kids and my husband was about acting. And it was frustrating because I was feeling like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. (laughs) And some things are happening, but nowhere near what I want and what the hell. And like, and so it was, I won't say it was a way to take out aggression, but it was a way for me to have something that I could control. Yeah. And so um, so I was doing that as like a little therapeutic thing. And of course I would get to eat it and it was great.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> good say, win-win.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, and my friends loved it because I always had them be my taste testers. And then at some point I, I thought like, you know, I was working for a really crazy lady at the time. I will not call her abusive because I'm the type of person that's going to snap back and so we'd get into it but she was my boss but she needed me so so that's why I felt comfortable like you're talking to me this way you're gonna get talked to this way um, but it still was like a negative environment and I needed to get away from that and so um I started asking friends, like, would you guys actually pay for this if I started selling it? And they were like, yes, yes, you should do that. And so um, I remember my friend Danette was like my official first order before I ever even like opened a website or nothing. But she was going to a Thanksgiving uh, party, as a lot of people who are not from here do. They just get together with friends for Thanksgiving. And she wanted to bring some, I believe it was cake pops. And so I made her some like chocolate peanut butter cake pops. And she paid for them. And I was like... This is kind of cool. Wait well, a
1: second <laughs> I'm getting, here. Yeah, I'm yeah, getting
0: paid. What? So, um, so then two months later, in January, I uh, bought the domain sugarslag com and kind of like set up my little online shingle and um and started. And started my business and opened a Facebook page. And at that time, it really was just like family, friends, word of mouth, that sort of thing. Um, Tried to like, anytime someone had a birthday or anything, I was trying to just make something so people could know and and they could spread the word. And um, a few months into it, I decided to put myself on Yelp. And that was the game changer. And from there, I started getting all these inquiries from uh, people um, because I started making custom cookies and... More people wanted them. And it just sort of spiraled into this thing. And, and initially I was like, okay, this will be money for like headshots, actors access, like those little things that do add up all of those actor expenses. Yeah. That's what this will be because my husband's income pays for us to live basically. Right. And so that was the goal. Yeah. Then it started to, to get sort of bigger and bigger, and, um, and and like I said, because of Yelp, I started getting lots of inquiries from people that I didn't know, and um, so it became a nice little, like, side hustle <laughs> sort awesome. of thing, um, to the point where I, I ended up quitting that job, because, and it was so funny, because she was like, listen, my boss, it was like, listen, I... Because I was requesting off if I had like a big order, and she was like, "I already let you go off if you have an audition, and I don't like that, but I will do that." But I'm not about to come second to this baking thing you got going on. Which to her to her credit, I totally understood that, and so I told her, "You know what? I, I'm really enjoying this baking thing, so I think I'm actually, you know, gonna gonna leave." And and I stayed until she found someone else, helped train them, all that good stuff. We parted on good terms, but and so then I ended up. um uh, just doing more of the baking, and it ended up being great because, surprise, surprise, I got pregnant again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's, it's the perfect gig because it obviously it satisfies you on on a personal level, the actual yeah. activity of baking. Yes. But also, it's flexible. You can do it on your own time. You can do it out of your house. You can yes. more or less control the the amount of business that you take on. So that's if it ever exactly becomes too much, you can be like, I can't right now. Yeah. I'm full. Full. But two weeks from now, talk to me and we can. Right. Like,
0: it. Is, that's, that's exactly really... what it ended up being. Um, it and what it is for me now where, you know, there are some weeks where I have, like, nothing going on, um, but, but that's totally a matter of choice because <laughs> there's never a week where I'm not getting an inquiry at this point, thankfully. That's
1: awesome.
0: um, But then there are some weeks, like, I just got an inquiry for a wedding for 550 cookies. Wow! So, um, which I haven't yet decided if I'm going to accept that because I need to look at my schedule then and see. But um, if I'm not too swamped with other orders, then sure. So yeah, so it's been it's been a great, a wonderful surprise, sort of blessing that I would have never expected if you had asked me this a few years ago. Like even some of my friends now at college are like, where did? Wh- when did you start cooking decorating? <laughs> what was this? Um, I thought you were a wedding planner. Yeah, exactly. And, so, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because now it's great because I get to be back in that whole wedding world that I Mm. love interacting with wedding planners and I get to play a role where it's nowhere near as stressful as planning the whole event but I get the fun of it you know I get to um interact with brides who like see it and they're like oh my god it's so good thank you and so I get that whole like love fest that I love and um and then when they end up you know, having a baby and then come back for the baby shower or for, for whatever, like the repeat business. Um, it's great. And then, and then I've also been able to um, use this uh, in the entertainment industry as well, because now I've, I'm getting inquiries from production companies for like craft services. I, I, had a target commercial which would have been nice if I were like in the commercial but I wasn't but my cookies were. <laughs> hey, hey. So, you know, and they know
1: you they're probably like, "Oh, well, you know, i hey, yes, cookies are meeting she delivered on time?" Yes,
0: exactly. So, we'll um, give her so time. it's been an interesting sort of fusion of things and and I'm I'm loving it.
1: So, for somebody listening who might be thinking like, "Hey, you know, I I make good food. Maybe I should start a little side business." I'm curious. Are there any sort of like health codes or permit? Yes. Like, how does that work? Yes. So, to me, I that's mean, the only it, thing that would stop me. I'd be like, I don't want to deal with all that paperwork, business-related stuff.
0: Now, if you're getting into like, so it depends on the type of food. Because if you're getting into like catering and like dealing with hot foods and that sort of thing. There probably are things that I that I wouldn't want to touch um, because that's way more strict. But thankfully, with baked goods, it's nowhere near as um, restrictive. So um, there are there. California is a state. known as like the cottage food law. It has a cottage food law, which basically means that you can work from your cottage, (laughs) which is your home. Um, You know, you do have to get certain permits there. It's actually not that expensive. Um, Do they
1: come in and inspect your...
0: No, actually, okay. So that's sort of a misconception. Or uh, let me backtrack. I have not had to get an inspection um, because I'm under the basic of the basic, basically. However, if I decide or if someone approaches me about wholesaling, um, like Whole Foods, for example, or some store wants to carry my products, then that takes me into a different category. And then, yes, then you do have to get an inspection. Um, I mean, if somebody, I guess, were to complain or something, they'd come and inspect, but I haven't, thankfully, haven't had anything like that happen. But if they did, you know, that'd be fine. It'd be a pain, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it'd it'd be fine. I do, though, eventually want to move out of baking from my home just because my kitchen is small yeah, and yeah. I want more space, um, but commercial kitchens can be quite expensive. So that's something that I, I'm like looking to see if I can partner with someone who already has one and, and wants to split mm. the cost and that sort of thing. That would be really, really, really nice because I would love a place with more storage because I'm starting to take on more weddings and events.
1: So. Are you are you looking intentionally to grow the business?
0: Oh, it's so funny. Um, I am, but that has been like such an internal struggle because um, things have has started happening with my writing and with, with the industry. And a you know, part of me is like, well, if you grow sugar swag, you're going to have to just walk away from it when this other thing happens. But then the other part of me is like, well, girl, you don't know when, you know, cause sometimes things can be, you can feel like the deal is about to close and for whatever reason it may not. Um, and it may be a while before it does. And this is income that you're walking away from, like that's ridiculous. So um, so at this point, my mindset is I'm looking for the right partner to partner up with um, so that I can take on more like dessert buffets at weddings and events cause those are the more expensive uh, clients. Um, so that I don't have to do as many events, but still make as much money or more. And so that when things do really start to blossom and and, go insane in my acting and writing career. Um, I don't have to completely walk away from it. I can then just be, um, like a, a silent partner and someone who's contributing money to it and and sort of overseeing it. Um, but then I'll have a team of people who are kind of carrying it on.
3: So that's
0: really my goal. I don't want to own a storefront. Yes, but I can, but I do want to, I still want to be a part of the wedding and events industry as you know, the, the, as a baker, as someone who provides this sort of service. Um, and then at some point, and which is why I didn't name it like Brandy, Brandy Events or Brandy Baker or whatever. I didn't want my name anywhere near it because I knew going into it that like there at some point I'm going to be walking away. Um, and then when I retire, I'm going to come back. <laughs> yeah. And so I needed to continue to carry on, carry it on without me being the face of it.
1: Yeah, that's such a tricky line to walk to. I feel like that's Very something much that, so. that, that a lot of actors... Um, probably come up against way more often than we think about, it. even yes. like established actors because the work, you know, when it comes, it's great. But when it doesn't come, it's like, well, what do you do? Like I don't, I was just <laughs> in this film and on this TV show and then oh. we got canceled or whatever. And yeah. I need to pay the rent this month. So yes, am exactly. I, am I beneath or above right. rather going to wait tables or something?
0: Right. And you know what? That, I think that's why I love it because I I had a, a moment where I was a server and it did not last long because um, I started to not like people, <laughs> and I love people. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, "Yeah, I can't, I can't do this." So yeah. I, I, I'm glad that I found something that, um, that that yeah, never feels like like I'm beneath it or whatnot. It's something right. I really do love doing, and it really is just like a matter of time. Do I have if I have time to do it, I will totally do it because I love right. it. Um, but if I like if I'm on a deadline with something I'm writing or whatever then I know that like, I'm so sorry, I will refer you to like three of my baking colleagues because right. I can't take kinda... it on.
1: See, and that's that's the next question I had because yeah. I think a lot of us that have side businesses, I know this is a thing with me, I have a couple different side businesses, Yeah. but every once in a while I have this sort of internal argument where I'm like, Trevor, are you an actor or are you a such and such? Yes. Are you a writer are you a such yes. and such? Like look yes. where you're putting your time. Like if you were really yep. all in, you'd drop the side job and you'd go all in and, and you so know how do you handle yes. that?
0: And I'm glad you said that. Um, so I have this thing th- that started this year where I don't refer to myself as, um, an actor or a writer or, a, or a baker or whatever. I'm a creative. My Instagram name is creatively B and, um, because I do do so many things that allow me to express my creativity. And you can get with it or you cannot. I don't care <laughs> because I'm going to continue to do them. And obviously, thankfully, so far, I'm I'm thriving in these areas. So yeah. it's working for me. Like, I totally get the whole um, saying that some people say that that the jack of all trades is the master of none. I get that. Um, however, I, I feel like, you can do things in different seasons. So, you know, this season right now, acting is taking a bit of a backseat and writing and baking are the things that um, I'm really sort of like things are happening. but acting is still there and there will be a moment, a season where baking will take a back seat and I'll have to put spatula down and I'll be focused on acting and writing. Um, and then, you know, hopefully there'll be times where writing will take a back seat and maybe I'll be on a stage somewhere focused on acting for a six month stretch or right. whatever. Um, but those things are all a part of me. I'm a creative person. I express myself in creative ways. And however that comes out is how it comes out. And as long as I am Really, I feel like as long as I'm giving myself to that, whichever lane I'm in at that time and really doing it and not like half assing it, because I I do sometimes feel like people who can do more than one thing, they kind of give themselves an excuse to like half ass some of it. And and you can't do Mm -hmm. that, you know, Mm -hmm. even if you're going to be doing three or four things, you got to be just as good as the person who is doing that and only that. Or right. you can't complain about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Amen. So, yeah. so, so that's how I look at it.
1: That's like the antidote to that either or argument. Yes. I, I, that's really powerful. And what you just described is, it's so funny that you said this the way you did just now, because I'm rereading this book called, um, the art of work by Ooh. a guy named Jeff Goins. He's okay. got a, he's like a writer. He's got a big online following yeah. and in the chapter I was just reading on the train yesterday. He talks about something called the portfolio life. And he talks okay. about the same sort of situation where he was meeting with a guy who was a very successful I think writer. Okay. I think that was like what he was known to the world as. Okay. And Jeff the author said uh, to this writer he said he said like so like you've got like a family of four and you've got this big house in the country like I I know like I'm a writer too. I know you're not paying all your bills with just your book advances. Like t- tell me what else like what else do you do. And he said, "Well, Jeff, here's a secret." I'm known as a writer, but where I make my real money is in consulting and speaking.
0: See? <laughs> and
1: then he said, and then Jeff was like, what are you talking about? So we told him like, like yeah, like exactly what you said. Like I'm a creative person and these things that I do, writing, speaking, consulting, yeah. they all kind of overlap. Even though they tend to be their separate things, there's a lot of sort of... Um, I guess intersectionality, overlap. yeah, inter- yeah. Inter- intersection. Oh, good word. Is that a real word? Yeah, I mean, it's
0: usually used in like social media, and I, I like race that. relations, and feminism, and all that. But yes, okay, cool.
1: Intersexual- yes. Intersectionality, yes. not intersexuality. That'd yeah. be a different thing. That's, yeah, um, but intersectionality, and I and I thought just the way you described it just now was like, yeah, like it, it, yes, like, and and I really admire that you were able to say like, oh, you know, like there are going to be times where we're going to have to turn down the certain, you know, the baker role and the writer role while I'm on stage in a play and I focus on that. But it's temporary. It's only for a few months. And then when that's done, I go back and I turn the volume down on that part and I turn the volume back up on. And that's a great way to sort of just recognize that there's going to be times where it's going to be up and down and in and out.
0: I feel like acting and writing, I feel like we're the only people who... Get this thing about, like, you have to do this thing, like, this is what you are. So many, and so many, yeah, Yeah. so many other people in other professions, they understand that, like, you know, they have this profession, but they're a multifaceted human with many different interests, and they explore it, and like, there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, I do have some actor friends who are like, I only want to act, and that's it. And that's fine. But then what I'd say to them is like, you better be doing everything. You need to be in, cl- you should be taking classes. You should be on stage, you should be doing improv. You there should you should always be doing some form of acting then. You, you, because you're not spending your time, your time isn't pulled in other directions. So you really should be giving it yeah. all that you've got.
1: You better be getting there a lot faster than somebody with four day jobs. Yeah.
0: Exactly,
1: Yeah. Exactly.
2: Hey folks, welcome back. Uh hope you're enjoying the uh, sort of different focus of uh, of Brandy's interview. It's been interesting to get to talk about other areas and aspects of the industry that people don't they are sort of tangential. People don't necessarily consider them to be or it's the first thing you think of when you think of acting in the entertainment industry, but just as important. Does that make sense?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, It's like living a full, living a full life. Brandy's talking about all these different, um, these various aspects. And it's really, really great, really great information and perspective. And,
1: yeah lots and lots of value in in that part of it i mean cuz you know like like we said uh, a few episodes ago it's like you know actually when the camera is actually rolling on set that's maybe like 5% of the time that you're actually on a set the rest of the time is you talking to people and sitting around and eating craft services and learning your lines like the work, the actual work, is such a small, icing on the cake kind of thing. So it's really important that we get acquainted with the 95% of the, the journey that is the journey and not just, you know, the acting part. Mm. So, mm-hmm. um, and Brandy's, uh, you know, she's got that on lock, I think. The whole thing about, like, there's a season for everything was... Man, I needed to hear that. Thankful that uh, we had her on the show. And, of course, there is one more part, and it is the longest and best part, all about her short film how she got that made and got it thrown up on uh not thrown up how she got it onto hbo and hbo go it's a really great story and there's a lot of great tips in there from somebody who learned quite a bit making her first film so make sure you you could just throw something
2: up on hbo that would
1: be epic As i said i was like that's not accurate at all trevor
2: (laughs) hello world i'm available for hire
1: thanks so what's your pick of the week this week
2: Pick of the week. Very simple. I'll, I'll be very uh, brief. I actually stole this from Jasmine, but that's fine because she sent in our team pick of the week this week. Um, it's called Sunrise Calendar. Uh, this is how good this app is. You know how how what a distaste I have for Microsoft, um, and it is a Microsoft Corporation designed application. Um, it's on uh, it's on desktop, uh, Android, and uh, iOS, and um, it's first of all, it's gorgeous. It looks beautiful. They 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 must have hired some I don't know Apple designer or something. One of the coolest things about it is um, you can give it access to the keyboard on your mobile device. And so uh, the way that it works is like let's say. Uh, Let's say Trev, I I want to send you an invitation to a meeting. It's also a great collaboration uh, tool. I want to oh, send you okay, well, uh, an easy, invitation yeah. to a meeting. I can send you a text message, right, uh, with a with a little link in it, and that link I will have built myself by opening up the, the Sunrise uh, calendar in my keyboard and choosing like three times that I'm available. And then it generates this link, so when I send you the link, it shows you those three times that I'm available, and you can choose which time you want, and then it books in the appointment with the two of us.
1: Oh, that's cool.
2: So it's, it's yeah, it's very cool. So as a collaboration tool, as well as a calendar, if anybody's out there looking for something to help yourself not only get organized, but maybe get a group organized, and also uh, just looking for something to help with your quote-unquote date book yeah. Um, yeah, might be something you enjoy.
1: That's great. And that's a great thing that uh, actors and filmmakers can use to organize rehearsals and production meetings and all sorts of fun stuff. Exactly. Seems it reminded
2: lot. me. When I saw that specific feature, I was like, ooh, the podcast could use this.
1: Yeah. It saves a lot of time and, and brain power. Cool. All right. Kick that's ass.
2: Just, yeah. What's your
1: pick, my friend? So my pick I actually mentioned in the interview with Brandy. It's this book called The Art of Work by a guy named Jeff Goins. And it's it's a it's a fairly quick read. It is... Just a really interesting sort of reframing of what the, the creative journey looks like. And if I had to sort of sum it up, I would say it, it is to recognize that you, your calling is what, how he refers to it, your calling, you know, whether you, you feel called to be an actor or a writer or, or a financial analyst or whatever it is that you feel called to, just to see that as something that is just another step on your lifelong masterpiece of a journey. So it's not necessarily the end game. It is just another step uh, as you're sort of filling in the the larger picture. Also to expect that it's going to be a lot of hard work and that you are going to fail. You're going to fall flat on your face Uh, and that it may not be the right thing in the long run. You may actually find uh, after a few months or years of pursuing this this calling that you change as a person and that the calling doesn't kind of scratch the itch the way that it uh, used to. And that that's okay because again, it's all part of this larger masterpiece. So it's a really wise book in that way and it it really got me seeing things not only in my life but in the lives of my friends and family and and peers uh, in a much different and more sort of peaceful accepted way so I I highly recommend it the the art of work by Jeff Goins
2: it's funny because the way that you were describing it maybe this is just what you gleaned from it or maybe it's actually there on the page but the way that you're describing it is very much in line with where you're at
1: yeah yeah it it came into my life Had a good time. Yeah.
2: Perfect. Sweet. And we've also got a uh, IAP team listener uh, or team, wait, team listener. That doesn't make any sense. IAP team pick of the week uh, from Jasmine, who uh, recently listened, I think, to the audiobook version of Amy Poehler's Yes, Please. And it was quite funny to be around with her, with her headphones in, like literally laughing out loud and me not being able to know what what it was that she was laughing at. But it was this. She describes it as a fun ride through random segments of her life. She shares at length, at some length, about her experience in the entertainment industry and in particular about being a female in the entertainment industry so for all of our female listeners out there you might want to pick this uh pick this up if you haven't already a couple of uh, poll quotes from uh, that jasmine really uh, dug one says uh, decide what your current decide what your currency is early let go of what you will never have people who do this are happier and sexier i love that decide what your currency is Yeah. yeah um I love, I love that. Uh, and then another one, that's, uh, ambivalence is a key to success. You have to care about your work, but not about the result. It's very masterful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to care about how good you are and how you feel, but not about what people think you are or how good people think you look. Mm. Wow. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's
1: some wisdom knowledge bombs there. <laughs> wisdom bombs? Yeah. Wisdom, wisdom bombs?
2: bombs? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely going to check that out. I think um, Jasmine has it on like, Audible. we share an Audible account, so I have to oh, take a listen. So um, that's uh, Sunrise Calendar, fun little calendar app for uh, any device, not just iOS this time. Uh, the Art of Work by Jeff Goins, Trevor's Pick of the Week, and Amy Poehler's Yes, Please, which you can uh, pick up in both book and audiobook formats we have a link to all of those on our website
1: absolutely okay well that's about all the time we've got for today so today's episode of inside acting was produced and co-hosted by me trevor algott and aj meyer jen levin is our production coordinator gadali Gubarek is our marketing and web director jasmine bristow is our director of public relations and deborah smith is our community manager trevor algott edited and mixed today's episode and composed our theme and interview music
2: yes he did
1: who is that guy
2: i don't know i I, I try to avoid new people uh you can sign up for a weekly (laughs) email dispatch listen all of our recent episodes at our website insideacting.net you can also find us on itunes and your five star reviews are hugely appreciated
1: (laughs) subtle subtle but it's so true so true. Special thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal2 and gogo.com And special thanks to you, our listeners. If you love inside acting and you want to maximize its value in your life and career, go ahead and sign up as a monthly member and get cool perks like access to our membership message board, cool freebies, invites to exclusive member meetups like the ABC meetup, which happens on the first and third Saturday of every month. You can get discounts on upcoming merchandise, much more. It's all there inside. Just visit insideacting.net and click on the membership tab.
2: And that's it for episode 202 of Inside Acting. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next we'll see you next week. I sound like a a, a New Zealander, a Kiwi. We'll see you next week. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, that turned Scottish it or did. Irish. I don't know what's going on. Ignore me, <laughs> especially if you're from uh, Australia or New Zealand. Uh, that's it for episode 202 of Inside Acting. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, choose your currency.